Oh, hello there. It is I, Peter Klein. This is part two of our NHL breakdown. If your favorite team is an Eastern Conference team and you're upset that we haven't covered them in this part of the show, it's because we covered them on part one, which is in this same podcast feed. So if you are desperate to hear my in-depth analysis of the Columbus Blue Jackets, you'll be very disappointed by this show because it's not here at all. You might be a little bit disappointed by the last one because I didn't go super deep on Columbus and that was a bad example. But still, all Eastern Conference stuff is over on part one. We're going to continue here. If you're just tuning in because you like a team out West, the format running through the odds, picking win totals for every team, and then going to do playoff breakdowns at the end of this show. So we start in the Central Division and the newest member of the Central Division the Arizona Coyotes, their total sits at 67 and a half. They are plus a thousand to make or plus 1600. Either way, you're probably not betting it. Minus 4,000 to miss, plus 15,000 to uh, win the cup, plus 10,000 to win the West and plus 20,000 to win the Central Division. Their fourth line is Russell Beagle and Erickson. This is a bad hockey team and I could see Keller's not getting, well, maybe, I don't know. Like, this is another one that feels like if anyone does well, they're getting traded this year. Like if Phil Kessel is a member of the Arizona Coyotes, by the time this season is done, your boy will be surprised. I, I just, I don't see that happening. It's fun that they're using the old logo, logo again. Um, congratulations to them. They have all of the draft picks. They have three first round picks. They have five second round picks this year. So look, if for whatever reason, this team goes buck wild. Louis Erickson finds his Boston ways. Um, Andrew Ladd turns into Andrew Ladd of old. Like if you basically get the prime versions of all their old, uh, more washed up types of players, then I, I mean you're still not a very good team. I do like Gosses Bear, um, so at least they got that going for them. This is just this is not a good team. But if they do do decide to make a run for it, they got a lot of draft capital to roll with, is what I'm saying. But no, this is. This is the start, again, um, going to the, the old high school musical song. This is the start of something new in Arizona, um, and this is not going to be a good start. Players who they have under contract for next season. Clayton Keller, Nick Schmaltz, Andrew Ladd. Uh, that's forwards. Sorry, on the blue line, it's Chikrin, Gosses Bear, uh, Soderstrom, and Timmins. That's it. This is entirely blow it up type of um, territory. We'll see what they do with some of their younger guys like Christian Fisher and Lawson Krause, but no, that this is year for Arizona. So um, again, this is another one that you could have set that total a whole lot lower than 67.5 and I probably would have taken it. In the Central Division, uh, also, you have the Chicago Blackhawks. Their total sits at 91.5. They are minus 130 to make, even money to miss, plus 4,000 to win the Cup, plus 2,000 to win the West, plus 1,600 to win the Central. Uh, they go out and add Tyler Johnson this offseason. They also bring in Seth Jones and Mark andre Fleury. They paid Seth Jones a whole lot of money. And this is a good hockey team. Again, cap management aside, we have a new era in Chicago on the blue line with no Duncan Keith. This is a good hockey team. I like this roster a lot. I am big on the Blackhawks this year. Give me over 91 and a half. Uh, you do need Marc-Andre Fleury to be peak Marc-Andre Fleury. That is certainly true. And the blue line, you get Seth Jones, that helps. I don't 
love it. I really like the forward group. That's kind of where I'm getting hard eye emojis on this team. I like this forward group a lot, and that's why I think they're going to go over that 91 and a half point total. Colorado, the total sits at 110.5, tied for the highest in the NHL. They are minus 4,000 to make, plus 1,000 to miss. They are the Stanley Cup champion favorites at plus 450, so they'd be the West favorites at plus 200, and they are the only team in a division that is minus money when it comes to winning their division as they sit at minus 200. 30. Uh, I said that before. Oh no, sorry. Vegas is also at minus money to win the Pacific at minus 185. Again, this is an incredibly talented team. Just a remarkable amount of talent on this squad. Goaltending had to change as Philip Grubauer is plucked by the Seattle Kraken. So Darcy Kemper comes in. Not a team that made a ton for changes this offseason. All due respect to Darren Helm. This is probably... Now that Tampa Bay has lost a little bit, I think this is the most talented team in the NHL. So uh, I'm going to go at 110. It's really fucking high, but I'm going to go over that 110 and a half. I just, I like this Colorado team way too much. Dallas at 95 and a half points. They are minus 160 to make plus 120 to miss plus 2200 to win the cup plus 1400 to win the West plus 1000 to win the central. If you're going to get to 95 points with this, Dallas Stars team. Again, I just feel like you need best case scenario from your goalies. You need I get you need everyone to to be at their absolute best. Like I think 95 points is kind of the ceiling for this team. So I'm going to go under 95 and a half. I look at the Central Division, there's just teams that I like a little bit better than Dallas. We are assuming that Ben and Sagan hold up on a a full season. We are assuming Robertson continues to be hot. We are assuming Gurionov um, can, can find his scoring touch of a couple years ago. We are assuming this blue line continues to progress and Suter on that blue line is certainly going to help, but I just, I don't see it with the Dallas stars. So I'm going under uh, 95 and a half. Minnesota Wild sitting at 97 and a half points. They are minus 320 to make the playoffs, plus 230 to miss, plus 25 to win the cup, plus 110 to win the West, plus 650 to win the division. It got a little hairy there with Kaprizov for a while, but that situation has been figured out. I did not love how they handled the um, expansion draft process, cutting Parisi and Suter, but they went and did that. And this is still a good team. Um, You're expecting maybe a bit too much out of the center ice position, and that's why I worry about them in a playoff format. But I I think this is going to be a fun team. I think this is going to be a team that can defend well. We will see if Cam Talbot can continue to carry the load for Minnesota. I have a lot of questions about this team. I just feel like they're going to be answered positively. So I am going over 97.5 for Minnesota. I think, again, the issues that this team has get exposed when it comes to the playoffs. This was one I was surprised by. Nashville coming in at 85.5 points. They're plus 220 to make, minus 300 to miss, plus 6,000 to win the Cup, plus 4,000 to win the West, plus 6,000 to win the Central. I have been down on Nashville for a while. I actually don't hate this team. That This is not a Stanley Cup contender by any stretch of the imagination. This is going to be a team that peaks at really good. That's that that is the the ceiling that they are going to bump into. The issue that they have is that they are in a really tough division this year. Um like we we've already gone through it. There are teams that I like here. I'm not a big Duchesne fan. I, I think he is a negative rather than a positive. Same goes 
Johansson, I just haven't really bought it. But you look at this team that there's just, there aren't a lot of holes on this team. There aren't a lot of, like, there isn't a whole lot of great on this team, but there's very little uh, on this team either. I think 85 and a half is going to be right there. I think they might even go over a little bit. I'm taking over for Nashville at 85 and a half. St. Louis at 92 and a half points, minus 130 to make even money to miss. Uh, they are at plus 4,000 to win the cup, plus 1,800 to win the West, plus 2,000. Uh, sorry, plus 1,200 to win the division. I love the Pavel Buchnevich acquisition. I thought it was a good replacement for Vlad Tarasenko. And then they kept Vlad Tarasenko. And like the, the blue line, there's a little bit that's left to be desired. But this is the first offseason a couple of years where they just haven't got a little worse. I, I think... I like I like this team. I, I like how they are um, set up offensively. Defensively, again, there are some issues, but I think Jordan Bennington can get back to his form. I think this is a playoff team, or at least a team that's going to threaten for a playoff spot. So I'm going over 92.5 for St. Louis. I just, I like this squad quite a bit. So good on you, uh, St. Louis. Last team in the Central, the Winnipeg Jets. The total sits at 92.5 points, minus 165 to make, plus 125 to miss, four, uh, plus 4,000 to win the Cup, plus 1,700 to win the West, plus 1,500 to win the division. I think one of the most underrated moves this offseason was them going out and acquiring Nate Schmidt from Vancouver, who we'll get to them in a minute. I think it rounds out this blue line tremendously. At forward, I, I think we saw last year the work that they were able to do against the Winnipeg Jets, or sorry, against the, the Edmonton Oilers. This is just a well-built, well-put-together hockey team. They are in a tough division. I, I think this is going to be a wildcard team more than a top three team in this division, but th this is a playoff team, and this is a team that once they get to the playoffs, no one is going to want to face. So I like uh, the over for the Winnipeg Jets. Our last division, the Pacific Division. We start with the Anaheim Ducks. They're at 71.5 points, plus 1,000 to make, minus 4,000 to miss, plus 125 to, or uh, sorry, plus uh, 12,500 to win the cup, plus 10,000 to win the West, plus 15,000 to win the division. This is a team still in transition, and that's going to be very frustrating for Anaheim Ducks fans to hear, but you look at, you look at the issues with how Anaheim kind of tried to retool on the fly, and coming out of this rebuild now, you really like Drysdale, you really like Zegras, and that's kind of about it. Like, Steele is, uh, I, I, he hasn't really taken that step. Same with, like, a bunch of their guys, who you kind of thought would be the next ones. You're kind of in that spot where you need the high-end talent now in Anaheim, right? Like, I, I think you've acquired the depth guys who are going to be around for a while. And you're not going to trade, but they're, like, they're just going to... They're going to be your second and third-line guys when this team's really good again. Now you need those top-line guys. And they might be too good to play themselves into getting one of those in this draft. The, the blue line is fine. It's just... Again, they just need more talent. This is a team that lacks skill, I feel, and that concerns me for this Anaheim group. So I think it's going to be another long year. We talked about it on the Sports Rundown podcast on the Fresh Take Network. If they went and got a Jack Eichel and just kind of told him, like, I know you've been losing a lot. Um, we're going to try to correct that in the next couple of years. But, like, th this is a team that just needs the high-end talent now. Um, and, and I think if you get a real top line for this team, it just kind of bumps everyone into the spot that they're supposed to be. 
The Calgary Flames, the point total is at 92.5. They are minus 150 to make the playoffs, plus 115 to miss, plus 4,000 to win the Cup, plus 2,200 to win the West, plus 1,200 to win the division. My favorite thing to say about the Flames this offseason is they may have got worse, but at least they got more boring. I don't like this team at all. Um, I the, the, the Blake Coleman signing is fine. From a cap management standpoint, I... I don't think it's great, but I, I think he's going to fit what Daryl Sutter wants to do quite well. I think this team on the blue line is going to rely way too much on guys like Zadorov, on guys like Goodbranson. You are hoping that Valimaki takes that step forward, so at some point this season you have Zadorov and Goodbranson. Boy, that's a bad pair, but you, you at least move Valimaki up to, to pairing with Rasmus Anderson. At forward, it's been the same song and dance for forever, and it's going to be that way again this year. Johnny Gaudreau is a very talented player. Sean Monaghan benefits greatly from having that beside him. Um, I know this is a team that's going to try a whole lot of different things at forward to try to get things going, but this is very, we have seen this over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And we have tried a whole lot of different things to fix this. The the Calgary Flames have, we, we have seen um, hey, Yuri Hoodler comes in, has some success. Let's put Lindholm with those guys. Well, let's put Lindholm in the second line now so that we can spread things out so it takes some of the pressure off of these guys. Now, Blake Coleman and Andrew Mangiapane are going to be the fix, I guess. I, I just, I don't see it with this Calgary team at all. I think this is going to be a long season for the Flames. And I, I think we this team is finally going to be forced, kicking and screaming into a, a bit of a retool. I... I don't see it with this Flames team. The the only, I, I guess the scenario where they are over 92 and a half points is Daryl Sutter coaches the bejesus out of this team and they just win a whack load of 2-1 hockey games. Like I just, I, I think uh, aside from Gaudreau um, and Manjapani, Coleman can add some speed as well. And like that they have some quick guys on this team, but this is a team that plays played very slow last year. And Daryl isn't exactly known for speeding that up. And then on the back end, Mark Giordano, a guy who is certainly falling off, but got Norris votes a couple of years ago. Last year was a bit of a decline. I still think he was better than Zadorov and Good Branson. I, I just I don't see where the improvement has come. And now this year, Calgary is once again going to have to deal with with Vegas. The rest of this division, not spectacular. Um, but I, I just, I, this was a Flames team that should have made the playoffs last year. And Montreal gave them every opportunity to try to make the playoffs, and they just didn't. And I think that's going to be a very similar case to the story this year for the Calgary Flames. Staying in the province of Alberta, Edmonton at 99.5 points. They are minus 4,000 to make the playoffs, plus 275 to miss. They're at plus 2,200 to win the Cup, plus 900 to win the West, plus 400 to win the division. I think they overpaid for Hyman, but I think he's going to help things in that top four a lot. I think they are going to be relying far too much on Duncan Keith and Cody Ceci, and that is going to be, again, the fatal flaw for this team. It's going to be on the back end. And then in goal, you're relying way too much on Mike Smith just being awesome again. At some point, that's going to fall off. Now, it did fall off, and then it came back on. The issues with Edmonton have been the issues with Edmonton for forever. This is a team that has two of the best players in the league, and a giant chasm on the blue line, and a remarkably large question mark between the pipes. Forward depth, they didn't even really pretend this year, um, aside from last year. Like, it's just... 
This team is going to go as far as Drysaddle and McDavid take them. I don't think that's going to be 99 and a half points. I think it's going to be to a playoff spot in the Pacific Division, but I don't think it's going to be much beyond that. The Kings at 83 and a half points, plus 235 to make, minus 330 to miss, plus 5,000 to win the Cup, plus 3,000 to win the West, plus 2,500 to win the Division. Another team that is a year away from being a contender. I, I just think that there's a little... They need guys like Kempe and Ayafalo to, to step up. You need Dano to be at his absolute best, and you need someone on that blue line to take a step forward. I, I don't see it with the Kings. I think they're under 83 and a half. I think they're getting there, but I, I think that just there, there's a couple more pieces that are needed for the LA Kings. The San Jose Sharks, their total is at 83 and a half. Uh, the make-miss was not available. They are plus 10,000 to win the Cup. Uh, plus 4,000 to win the West, plus 5,000 to win the division. This team has three, maybe four good players. And the rest of that is, like, I, I think this team's awful. I, I think 83 and a half is remarkably generous. Uh, if, if this team finished last in the Pacific, I'm not stunned. If I am them, I, I think, like, you kind of have to try to start over. And it might sting a little bit, but, like, Guys like Meyer and Hurdle and Couture, well, well, you can still maybe get something for them. Like, it just anything that anyone will take at this point, I, I think San Jose just truly needs to start over. This is a extremely flawed, pretty bad hockey team. I am all the way out on the San Jose Sharks. The first ever win total for the Seattle Kraken comes in at 88.5 points. They are plus 4,500 to win the Cup, plus 1,800 to win the West, plus 1,100 to win the division. The storyline around this team this season is, will there be another William Carlson or Jonathan Marchessault for this, or Riley Smith for this team? Who will be the player? Will there be a player who steps up into a starring role? Because offensively, there's not enough there. Um, like, Schwartz is really good. When that, that top line, Schwartz, Venberg, and um, Eberle. Strong, strong top line. After that, I think it falls off a little bit. So they're going to need someone to step up. The blue line is really good, as you would expect with how the, the rules were set up. And then with uh, Grubauer and Drieger between the pipes, you have one of the best one-two punches in the sport of hockey right now. Because of that, I think Seattle makes it. I, I think that they... I, I think there is going to be someone who steps up here. I, I think Schwartz being able to be the Batman instead of the Robin to, to Tarasenko, I think he's going to be able to step up and show that he can be a prime producer in this league. I think this is a playoff team. I'm going over 88.5 for Seattle. Vancouver, their total also at 88.5. They are plus 120 to make, minus 160 to miss, plus 550 to win the Stanley, or sorry, 5,500 to win the Stanley Cup, 2,500 to win the West, 1,600 to win the division. They get things figured out with Pedersen and with Hughes. They make the big move in the offseason, uh, sending all of their contracts that were going to be expiring at the end of this season for a whole lot more with... Oliver Ekman Larson and Connor Garland. Garland might be able to work out, but I, if I'm the Canucks, I would much, even Garland, like Garland, I think will be a nice addition, but I would much rather see what another year of Hoaglander can do or what another year uh, or what a first year of Pod Colson could do. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't think Oliver Ekman Larson is any good. To get to over 80 and a half with this team, again, you are banking on Garland being legit, Tanner Pearson being a legit top six forward, Hoaglander taking a step, Pod Colson being good, Dickinson rounding out the, the center group, and then you're hoping Oliver Ekman-Larsen is good. Uh, Tucker Pullman fits with Quinn Hughes. 
this is a deeply, deeply flawed roster. And I, I thought coming out of the offseason, it would be an, it was another, this team is in worse shape salary cap wise, but I think they're better on the ice. I don't think they're better on the ice. I don't like this roster at all. I think Vancouver goes under 88 and a half. And we close the regular season prediction portion with the Vegas Golden Knights, whose total is at 106.5, minus 1,600 to make, plus 700 to miss, plus 700 to win the cup, plus 300 to win the West. They are the other team who's in the minuses for uh, winning the division at minus 185. The only issue I have with this team is they're not super strong down the middle. If Nolan Patrick can find the form that he found a few years ago to make him a high draft pick in the National Hockey League, then... This team is going to be stupid good because that is the only issue I see with them. I think between the pipes, they are fantastic. I think that blue line isn't perfect, but it's very good. And the forward group, regular season-wise, this team is ridiculous. Um, it's just a matter of can they do it in the playoffs. That that has always been the question. I think this team, I would hammer the over at 106.5. I think they have a chance to win the President's Trophy. that you hear on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. You can find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent with X's where the A's would be. Find their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. So that gets us to the postseason portion of the program today. Uh, my playoff predictions. I have Tampa Bay taking on Philadelphia Toronto facing Montreal, Carolina facing Florida, and the Islanders taking on Washington, which means no Boston, no Pittsburgh. Out of those, I have Tampa Bay beating Philadelphia, Toronto over Montreal, Carolina over, or Carolina loses to Florida, and the Islanders beat Washington. So in the next portion of the bracket, I have Tampa Bay losing to Toronto. And the reason why is, like, Toronto's high-end talent matches anyone in the league. Tampa Bay always got you with depth. That that strength isn't there for them anymore. I think Toronto might be able to take advantage of it. It will not be an easy series. This might be a bit more of a bold call, but I have Toronto winning that one, and I have the Islanders beating the Florida Panthers. I have Toronto beating the Islanders in the Eastern Conference Final, so Toronto is heading to the Stanley Cup Final in my predictions. Um, if you believe me, uh, then again, a reminder than that is at plus 550. Uh, them winning the Eastern Conference. Out West, Colorado, I have them beating St. Louis in round one, Minnesota beating, or Minnesota, sorry, falling to Chicago in round one. I have Vegas over Winnipeg, and I have Edmonton beating Seattle. In the second round, it is Colorado over Chicago, Vegas over Edmonton, so we get Colorado v. Vegas. I think the Avalanche come away with that one, and I think the Avalanche are your Stanley Cup champions at plus 450. Those are my Stanley Cup picks. As far as some of the other awards are concerned, looking at some of these, one that I, I don't mind, because you kind of have to craft the narrative for these going ahead. And I wonder if Matthews does miss some time and the Leafs stay afloat, I wonder if Mitch Marner at plus 2,000 gets a bit of a look as an MVP candidate. I, I, I don't mind that one. I also don't mind Kaprizov at plus 3,300. Uh, for the Art Ross, Connor McDavid is at even. Leon Dreisaitl at plus 550. That is that is an interesting one, but I think you have to kind of go with one of the Edmonton guys. As your uh, Calder Trophy potential winners, 
There, there's a couple of ones on here. I think Pod Colson would be interesting at plus 1,400. Cole Caulfield at plus 175 is too easy. Um, Trevor Zegras is actually the favorite at plus 150. Um, but I'm 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 going to go Pod Colson at plus 1,400. For Jack Adams, John Cooper is your favorite at plus 600. I'm going to go, and I don't think he's a great coach, but I'm going to go Dominique Ducharme at plus 3,500. If I have Montreal making the cup, or I'm making the cup, if I have Montreal making the playoffs, I think he gets heavy consideration, so I will go with him there. For the Norris Trophy, uh, getting Victor Hedman at plus 700, it just kind of feels like a lock. Uh, not a lock, but that, that feels great. Kale McCarr is your leader at plus 350. I like Victor Hedman at plus 700 for the Rocket Richard Trophy. Again, I, I think you kind of have to go dry sidle, although Austin Matthews at plus 300. And you know, Alex Ovechkin at plus 1,000. Maybe not the worst pick. As for the Vesna Trophy, Vasilevsky is the clear favorite at plus thirty or uh, plus three fifty. No one else is under a thousand, so people very much buying what Vasilevsky is selling. I'm I'm gonna go with Robin Lehner at plus fifteen hundred. I, I think that he's yeah, I think he's gonna have a solid year, so I like that one. And those are your picks for the NHL season. And that is your show in two parts. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Remember, rate, review, subscribe wherever possible. If you want to get in touch with me on social media, you can. Twitter and Instagram, I am at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. The music you're listening to, provided by Wasted Talent. Find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent, with X's where the A's would be. If you want more of me, General History Podcast, We Had No Idea, comes out every Wednesday morning. I'll talk to you guys a couple more times this week. Have a good one. I'm out.